Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast. I am your host for this week, U Street. With me, we have GopherGuy05, Andy. Hello, hello, hello. And Zips of Akron, Steve. We shouldn't record directly after Gopher basketball losses. Yeah, I'm just going to butt in here. So we are recording this uh, at uh, 8.43 God's time on Thursday night. The University of Minnesota men's basketball team just lost to Illinois 59-51 in a game that honestly might have been the most frustrated I've ever watched uh, in years, like legitimately years. And there are a couple of reasons for this. One, basketball, college basketball, pro basketball, anything is fundamentally an entertainment sport. I was told by a friend that the reason they watch horror movies, it's because they like trauma they can control. And honestly, I don't know if there's a better description of watching Minnesota basketball when they cannot shoot the ball than trauma that I can theoretically control. Because, oh boy, this game. Oh boy. Steve, general overview. So it's a, I don't know. You come into the game, you think it's winnable-ish. It's hard to win on the road in the Big Ten. Everyone knows that. Um, Illinois has been on fire. They won six in a row, now seven in a row. Um, They just coming off a two-game road set where they had just won over Michigan and Purdue. Tough to topple, right? But, you know, the Gophers get in there. They're playing decent defense. They're hanging around. They're only down by four at halftime. And then, um, you know, they're down by 10. They're down by 13. But they battle back. Um, all this in spite of the fact that they're shooting somewhere around 28 30%. Um, really having trouble scoring again. Really having trouble shooting from the three-point uh, line again. Um, but meanwhile, Illinois leaves the door open because they're also having trouble scoring. Um it's not so much that they're close in this game. It's that they can't get over the hump and they can't make these easy layups. They're getting good looks. They're jacking up contested threes. They're fouling with abandon. Um, there's a lot going on uh, and not <laughs> a ton going on from the um, executional side of things either. So you got you, you end the game with, sure, your boy Daniel Oturu, 20 points, 8 rebounds. He's doing his job. But where's the support? You got... Marcus Carr, 3 of 12 from the field, 7 points. Gabe Kalisher, 2 of 11 from the field, 6 points. Alejandro Mir, 3 of 7 from the field, broke from 3, 8 points. There's no one else outside of Oturu these days who can come to play and come to play consistently. Uh, you're going to need three guys to score this year if you're going to beat anyone else in the Big Ten. You're definitely not going to get it done with just one guy scoring 20 points. And I think you and I, Alex, both saw just the... The lack, the lack of depth, sure, but just the lack of ability to follow through and actually make some baskets when they're there. This is this wasn't about shot selection, this wasn't about hustle. This was about executing and executing consistently, and they just didn't have it. Yeah, five for thirty, or no, sorry, that's under that's underputting the the starting three guards: Marcus Carr, three of twelve; Gabe Kalsher, two of eleven; Trey Williams, two of nine. So seven for thirty-two from the field, from the backcourt. The only player in this game for Minnesota that shot a layup, at least one layup, and made was 100% from inside two feet was Michael Hurt. That's it. And you can accept that Daniel Tur is going to miss one because of contested traffic. You can accept that Demir is going to miss one because of contested traffic. But man, they missed so many just open layups. I don't know what you do if you're Richard Pitino. I legitimately don't know what you do. Because you shoot three for 19 from distance, so everyone packs the paint. Except in this particular game, the Gophers adjusted quite well to that. They were really effectively using high ball screen. Marcus Carr, while his completely 
inability to shoot today is a fantastic ball handler and was always able to find lanes get in and then just did not finish at the end uh, i would actually say in this game you don't need three people to score the ball you just needed another person like a single other person the only person in double figures is oturo the gophers finished with 51 points 15.8 percent from distance and uh, i will only mildly disagree with my co-blogger in that uh, I actually don't think very many of those shots were super contested from distance. I think a lot of them were open. So they've gone now in the last two games from from uh, three-point range. They were three of 19 tonight. They were five of 28 against Michigan State. That's a total of eight for 47 over two games, which is good for 14%. And it's one thing to not be able to shoot from deep for one game. It's quite another to not be able to shoot from deep from the second game, but continue doing it. And I don't know if this is a matter of shooting through your slump, but this isn't like the Gophers are a great three-point shooting team either. Is it just that they don't have the personnel here to 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 execute what they're trying to do? Is it that guys like Gabe Kalisher had a great great years last year, but are showing a sophomore slump? Is he just not a great shooter? I think we're this deep into the season now where these types of performances that are happening in strings should be concerning. Granted, they're coming against good teams, but Illinois is also a team that you're you're going to be facing that ilk of team down the stretch here against you know the Wisconsins and the Iowas of the world. If you're going to play this poorly um, and not give Daniel O'Toole the support that he needs to 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 notch some victories here, I'm not sure what the way out is or how they're going to turn it around. Besides making more shots, not to antagonize, not to antagonize any Illinois fans. Minnesota should have won this game by twelve. Absolutely. I and and like that's not that I think Illinois is a bad team. Uh, Illinois fantastic on defense, but Illinois got a lot of players in foul trouble. Kofi Cockburn sat for an extended period in the second half, and Minnesota had a bunch of open layups and open shots and missed all of them. The Gophers missed a ton in the first half. You're certainly not going to win on the road if that's the case. The other thing that is really challenging to me is in this game minnesota got a bunch of opportunities to put illinois in early foul trouble they successfully realized and adjusted early to the fact that the officials were more than willing to call a lot of hand checks and a lot of thing on drives great that was reasonably consistent for both teams awesome Uh, and i say all of this because i am often generally critical of big 10 officiating for both sides and in this game i suppose theoretically illinois might have gotten a little bit of an annoyance on this but you can't only shoot 12 free throws in that situation especially 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 when Illinois is missing its primary rim protector. And yes, uh, they adjust well. Their rotations are solid. The Illini are a good team. They're well coached, good team on defense, a lot of length, a lot of athleticism. You can't only have 12 free throws. That's just pathetic. So, Absolutely pathetic. All right, Alex, so they've lost. Uh, we, we knew that this four-game stretch at Rutgers, at Ohio State, home against Michigan State, at Illinois, it was going to be a tough four-game stretch. I think... If you would have said before that four-game stretch whether they were going to win one out of four, two out of four, I think just walking away, walking away with a win in that situation felt good. So here we are going one one and three in that four-game stretch. Still feels like they left something on the table. 
Um, but I'm wondering now after, you know, three or four games where they looked pretty vulnerable and definitely didn't execute the way we would want them to from the field outside of Daniel Oturu, is this, do the Gophers walk away from this with some slumped shoulders walking into this Wisconsin game? Because I feel like when you're shooting this poorly from the floor, it can carry over and just become like an actual extended slump. But now you've got some winnable games. You go home. Three of the next four games are at home. Very, very winnable. Um, Wisconsin's hardly unbeatable. But is this? Do you worry about this becoming something that they carry with them, um, or do they shake it off and keep and keep marching towards uh, trying to get those ten conference wins? Well, straight up, if you can't get up to beat Wisconsin, you don't deserve to wear maroon and gold. Uh, I don't. I don't see any reason why the team should not be excited to play Wisconsin ever and excited to beat a Wisconsin team that if Minnesota is vulnerable, man, Wisconsin has a massive open chest wound that's gone septic at this point. The thing that I think from your question is, yeah, before one and three was the minimal thing. So they hit the minimum. They still do control their destiny. It is starting to get much tighter. But the, the magic numbers don't change. The thing that makes this win or the lack of a win here really frustrating is this is a great quad one win. And Minnesota doesn't have, especially on the road, great, great quad one win on the road in a game they should have won by double digits. The, the best of all quad one wins. Do I think going forward that this radically changes anything? No, in the sense that I think it's hard, as you mentioned, to win games on the road. They have plenty of opportunities. Do I think that they will look back if they are really sweating the bubble or not on the bubble at the end of the season, look back at this game and go, man, we could have had that one? Absolutely. But I also feel that about Rutgers. I mean, I feel about both of those games, that that I think they should have done both of those uh, games and been really successful. A lot of stuff right now. Uh, on the on the decision going forward. I don't know. I say some of that in a rambling sense because otherwise I would have to use substantially more expletives and this is a family show. Uh, on the plus side, because we are recording this podcast, we get to other sports live. Andy, we do have some good news about the women, don't we? We, we do, yeah. It looks like well, there's two seconds left, so I suppose anything's possible, but... Uh, it looks like the, the Gopher women are going to beat uh, Nebraska tonight at the barn, 65-61 or something of that ilk. Um, you know, it, it, it's a good win for a team that needed another win. Um, they, you know, with all the drama that's been going on with the Destiny Pitts transferring situation, they've, they've tried to get back. Um, and, and after getting a big win at Purdue about a week and a half ago, they've dropped their last two, including one against Wisconsin, which was a, a pretty bad loss. Um, where they just got dominated inside. And now uh, to come get another big win against uh, a decent Nebraska team, Nebraska team that probably would be in the NCAA tournament if it, the selection was held today. Um, so it's nice to get the back. I mean, Minnesota is still you know, a ways away. This win just brings them up to 13-8 to and eight overall, 3-7 and seven in the Big Ten. Um, you know, it, it's not really going to be... Uh, the catalyst that probably sets them on a, a six or seven game winning streak, but it's a, it's a nice win to at least try and, and break up the, the slog. And, you know, they have uh, another, well, they got Rutgers at home this weekend, which would be a really tough game, although they upset Rutgers last year. Um, and then they go to Wisconsin, which is, you know, a winnable game. So they, they've got a few winnable games here that would be nice to try and um, 
put a little streak together, but they they uh, they definitely have some work to do. But at least you know a little bit of a, a bright note at least. Absolutely. Uh, in addition, because this is apparently the we report on something live, you hear about it in 24 hours. DJ Carton, who is one of the guards for the Ohio State University, has decided to take a temporary leave of absence from the Ohio State basketball program. Posted on his Twitter that this was in part to get healthy in a mental sense. We personally wish DJ Carton all the best in that uh, particular recovery process. Andy, do you have thoughts on this or also some potential general well, just, things that we may also learn from this situation? Yeah, just to see, I mean, they're, they're, you know, to go back to, in general, the Big Ten and just how much turmoil it is. You know, you've got the you've got this carton and, and Ohio State, how they look so good when Minnesota upset them, you know, in December and how they've slid backwards so much. Um, you know, we were talking about how, how Wisconsin is, is just asking to be beaten when they come into the barn next week. Um, not only with the, the Brad Davison situation getting suspended for a game for another nut punch, which I think everybody on this panel agrees that one game is kind of a joke. It probably needs to be more than that. But now they have argued... If you're suspended fewer games than the number of nut punches you've had, that's a problem. So, I mean, yeah. And then the, the, the other you know thing that's happening to Wisconsin where arguably Kobe King, who's one of their top two or three best players, is now pulling a Destiny Pitts and uh, is decided to transfer midseason due to some uh, interesting things that, you know, nothing's really leaked out yet, and unsurprisingly it's Madison, so they probably won't ever, but, uh, you know, uh, I forget Strickland's first name, but Rod Strickland's son, Kai, thank you, who was a, a starter point guard at Wisconsin last year and decided to transfer uh, immediately after Kobe King uh, put out his, his transfer intentions on Twitter, he sort of tweeted out something like, you know, you, you might not be able to see through the darkness, but when it comes out into the light, you'll be able to see more or something like that. Basically a veiled shot of, there's some definite uh, harmony issues going on behind the scenes in that Wisconsin locker room, whether it be between players, whether it be between the coaching staff and players. Um, so, yeah. Wisconsin has a tough game at Michigan State Saturday. They turn around and come back to the barn on, uh, I think it's like two or three days' notice. So that is a game, you know, I, I don't want to say must win, but that is a must win for Minnesota. If they drop that game to Wisconsin at home, where Wisconsin's just primed to get upset, I think I'll be the one to say it. you can pretty much write any NCAA tournament hopes this team might have off after that game. Yeah, I... I certainly, from a mathematical standpoint, not so. But yes, I think it, it would become a very challenging bubble at that point. There are other teams, uh, not just basketball. We're pleased that the women won a game, though, as Andy mentioned, we don't really expect them to make the NCAA tournament. And Steve and I are so embittered right now with the men, whether or not we will feel the same thing in 24 hours, but right now, very bubbly. On the bright side, there are some teams at the University of Minnesota who we very much expect to win the postseason, most notably uh, go for women's hockey, but also potentially go for men's hockey. Andy, big uh, big sweep this weekend. Yeah, it was a really big win, uh, pair of wins, actually, for the go for men's hockey team. They hosted number 6 Ohio State and uh, picked up a, a big sweep, their first Big Ten sweep in almost two years, which is the first Big Ten home sweep, excuse me, in almost two years. They swept Ohio State on the road last year. Uh, so the Gophers seem to have the Buckeyes numbers, which is nice. But, yeah, they got to a nice 6-3 win on Friday night and closed it off with a 4-win win on Saturday. Um, you know, they still have a lot of work to do 
gets them back just to 500 on the year 10, 10, and 2. Um, but it puts them back into uh, the race for home ice in the Big Ten. They are in fifth place, just one point out of a uh, home ice spot uh, in the Big Ten tournament with a lot of uh, room to grow. So, um, you know, it was, a, it was a big big sweep for them, and they've got another pair of games this weekend that are going to be huge uh, going into Madison, taking on the Badgers. The Badgers sitting in uh, dead last in the Big Ten right now, which is kind of impressive considering how many high-scoring freshmen they brought in, but surprisingly not, the uh, the high-scoring caliber players aren't quite gelling as a team. Uh, seems that the Gophers went through that a couple of years ago, so maybe Wisconsin thinking that they could do it, but apparently not, so... Um, I think it would be huge for the Gophers to go in and get at bare minimum a split this weekend, but I'd love to love to get a sweep on the road in Madison, um, really sort of lock the Badgers into last place, and I think that would leap the Gophers up to a spot where they probably would be sitting in a home ice spot in the Big Ten. Um, you know, as I said, we still got, uh, including the Wisconsin series this weekend, ten games to go before the end of the regular season, but um, it'd be it'd be a good another step to move forward for the for the men who seem to be finally gelling a lot of their young freshmen seem to be st- starting to figure out this college hockey thing um they've been getting some really good goaltending from from Jack LaFontaine and Net so hopefully they continue to keep putting it all together and and step forward um unfortunately the women took a nice step backwards last weekend they went to Madison against the number 1 Badgers and and pretty much got shellacked um they got down early on Friday, came back to force overtime before giving up a horrible goal to lose in overtime, uh, five to four, and then never really in Saturday's game losing three, nothing. They just didn't have an offensive potent attack at all. So, uh, obviously this puts the Badgers back in the, uh, in the top seat for first place in the WCHA number one ranking in the country. Um, the Gophers will be number two at all, but, um, it's fairly obvious that uh, if the Gophers want to win the hardware this year, the road once again will go through the Badgers. And so hopefully they can try and get things figured out and figure out a way to beat this team because they've had decent luck against them on home ice, but on neutralizer in Madison of late, it's it's not gone well. So uh, the Gophers have a, you know six weeks to try and figure it out, but it, it's nearly, pos- or nearly possible, nearly 100% positive that the uh, the Gophers and Badgers will see each other again here down the road. Absolutely. In terms of things that we also very much do hope to see down the road, because we've seen it uh, several times, Lexi Ramler, once again, perfect 10, uh, perfect 10 score in gymnastics, which is incredibly impressive, mostly because my ability to walk in a straight line, much less do it uh, on a small uh, thing three feet in the air, is non-existent. And for the ability uh, that she and the gymnastics program have to do really amazing things, it's fantastic. If you have the opportunity, like our man, go for guy 5 to actually go see a gymnastic meet, you very much should go. Yeah, you know, I was I was there a little bit before the hockey game last week, so didn't get to see the whole thing, but did get to see Rambler on the beam, and it's uh, it's it's really impressive what she can do on a four inch wide piece of wood. Um, you know, it it's uh it's a cool atmosphere uh, at the PAV for for meets, and uh, they've got some some interesting matches coming up. I think Iowa is coming in, and uh, middle of February they host number one Oklahoma, so that should be a, a really good atmosphere. So if you're looking for something to do, um, it's a really high, uh, you know, pumped up atmosphere. They play music in between all the events. They really just try and keep the energy level up, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. So, uh, especially if you've got kids, but um, you know, if you've uh, 
just want to check something out, especially if you're a Gopher season ticket holder, uh, you can use your loyalty card to get two free tickets per meet. So it's uh, it's worth going to check out and root on another Gopher program that you uh, might not normally get a chance to go see. Absolutely. In other things that are upcoming, because you absolutely should go to gymnastics meet if you're able to, but you should also go see various sports that occur on diamonds. Uh, Gopher baseball is uh, getting a lot of preseason accolades. Steve, we know that we're going to have much more in-depth on this as the blog as the season gets closer, but can you just provide us a kind of general understanding of what Gopher fans should be expecting for baseball? That's right, and it might feel like it's the middle of winter because it is, but uh, Gopher baseball starts in just about two weeks. They go out to Arizona to start the actual official season um, against uh, Oregon. So they're kicking off the season, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, they start early and they end early so they can get done before uh, before the Major League Baseball season really gets into full swing. Um, Gophers last year, just a reminder, had a little bit of an off season, um, came in a little bit underwhelming. Um, but this year they're looking like they could be a team that makes the NCAA tournament. Um, it's going to have to be an at-large bid. Michigan is pretty much ingrained at top of the Big Ten. Um, also, they won the national championship last year. But Gophers come in with uh, star pitcher Max Meyer, who is getting major accolades across the board, preseason All-American, first team, um, looking like he might be a second-round, if not a first-round pick this year. So he's got what people are saying, the best slider in um, all the Big Ten, if not all of NCAA baseball. So uh, Gophers are looking like they're going to have a pretty good season um, on the diamond. And they'll be home a lot more this year. Uh, last year, U.S. Bank Stadium was um, unavailable early in the season uh, as they were preparing for the Final Four. Um, so the Gophers started last year. Their first 21 games were on the road, which is pretty ridiculous. Um, this year, though, after they get back from Arizona, four-game set, they have uh, 14 games in a row at home. So they're making up for it. They'll be at U.S. Bank Stadium through early March, um, getting their season going before they head back over to Siebert Field when things warm up. So uh, a little bit more to come on baseball here, but they get started in two weeks and should be an exciting season. And a team that we very much expect to compete for, if not win, the Big Ten Championship on the women's side. Andy, can you give us a brief understanding of what Gopher fans should expect for softball this year? Yeah, the Gopher softball team comes into the year with uh, really, really high expectations, obviously making the College World Series for the first time in uh, school history last year, and they're getting the preseason accolades this year to go along with it. Um, all the coaches' polls and preseason polls are coming out. Uh, the USA Today poll, the Gophers are number eight. ESPN USA Softball, number seven. Softball America has them ranked number six. D1 Softball has them number seven. So the Gophers are in that six, seven, eight top ranked spot uh, coming preseason. Obviously, they bring back first team All American Amber Pfizer on in the circle. Uh, she'll be one of the best pitchers in the country this year. Um, they've added some some youthful pitching depth. Uh, they've got a, a girl out of Canada, Kiana Jones, who will probably be the will fight for the number two slot. Um, she reminds a lot of people a lot of Sarah Gronawigan. Um If you recognize that name, that's a very good thing. Um, the only question the Gophers are going to have on offense, they re- returned uh, most of their offense, losing only their right fielder from a year ago. But it sounds like Hope Brander, their uh, all Big Ten first baseman, currently is suffering with some type of injury, undisclosed injury, and she has not been cleared to play yet. Um, so the hope is that hopefully she will um, get healthy here and, and can can get ready to rejoin the team and, and, and really, I mean, she's their best offensive power hitter by far on the squad. Um, but unfortunately, uh, it sounds like she will not be with the team as they uh, 
as they start the season, not this upcoming weekend, but the weekend after down in Florida in a tournament. So, um, again, we'll have a lot more on the blog as they're going forward, but it, it looks like that uh, Gopher Softball, once again, will be uh, one of the teams to keep a definite eye on this spring. Absolutely. We, of course, will have plenty of coverage on both baseball and softball coming up on the Daily Gopher, along with coverage of men's and women's hockey, women's basketball, and currently, very depressingly, men's basketball as well. So make sure you check out the blog for updates as much as possible. We'd love seeing you there. Until next time, go Gophers, row the boat, sky you ma. Boat.